passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos with my co-host, Corey Wooten. But first, today's episode, it's presented by who else? BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, it's back. It's better than ever because it's got a new web interface to the start of the basketball season, and it's got more props, odds, and lines than ever before because BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So what are you waiting for? Go on your mobile device and sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Believe50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, only if you use that promo code to receive that bonus. It's got all kinds of great sports, your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available today for the 2021 season because at Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. We wish we, we brought better news for you heading into this holiday week here. But again, it is week 11. The Bears lose 16-13 to to the Lamar Jackson-less Baltimore Ravens. Call it a season killer. Call it a soul killer. Either way, the paramedics are on the way right now over to the crime scene. And we are going to break it down with you right now. And maybe give you a preview for this Lions game because there's a quick turnaround, Bears fans. First, let's bring in my co-host, former Bears defensive end, Fox 32 Chicago's. And maybe the man who's going to be on top of the turkey this week, it's Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? Hey, what's going on, Joey? It was a disheartening loss, to, to say the least. I think, you know, especially with all the circumstances with Lamar Jackson being out and, uh, you know, you, you think, okay, we, we have this win. You know, we have Tyler Hunt, Tyler uh, Huntley in there. At backup. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, somebody that, you know, we really haven't heard much about, hasn't had much experience. And I'm like, at Soldier Field, crowd noise and we lose the game so it's just it's just so unfortunate and i think the 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 hardest part for me is just how bad the offense played when when justin Fields was in there it was just it was awful you know there was just no consistency um you know i really think that that first drive you know when they when they drove down the field and then santos missed that field goal it was classic matt Nagy football the third and five a toss play when Justin Fields is starting to get comfortable in there, you know, he completes a pass, you know, we're kind of mixing and matching the run and, and the pass. And instead of, you know, targeting a guy like we were talking about Cole Komet or Jimmy Graham in the red zone, you know, that's when the big dogs really come to eat or a guy like Darnell Mooney, uh, you know, who's his go-to guy. We do a toss play to the side and lose a bunch of yardage and, you know, Santos misses the field goal, but I just didn't like that call. And I think, that's when the momentum kind of shifted for me. I was like, man, you know, we, we have momentum. We're driving down the field. We're in the red zone and we have a real opportunity to target Cole Komet or Jimmy Graham or Darnell Mooney. And we go with one of those classic Matt Nagy toss plays on third and five. I did, this didn't make sense to me. What happened to RPOs, Corey? 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, honestly, like, and, and on top of it, we I mean, we previewed it on here. There's a lot of analytics and statistics out there that the Baltimore Ravens defense struggles with the tight end. I looked it up. Cole Komet, somewhere in that second or third quarter, only had one target in the game. I yep. mean, obviously, he came up with a big catch in the fourth quarter when they were trying to drive to, uh, you know, put them briefly ahead for that moment, which we'll get to in a second. But, yeah, again, this is just what happens. Bad teams make bad plays at the wrong moments, right? And Cairo Santos, good player makes a mistake in that wrong moment, just kind of gets us off on the wrong foot, and then it sort of just sort of slid downhill from there. I want to go back to you because, you know, you played in the game. You know, you've, you've sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. You played for the Chicago Bears. Go back to your playing days. It, was there ever a moment when you woke up or maybe on a Saturday night you realized X quarterback, X starting quarterback isn't playing and Y backup quarterback isn't playing? And what kind of emotions – well, go through your mind when if you heard Tyler Huntley was going to be under center. And the D-line, we're going to get to it. Front seven looked pretty good. We had different yeah, execution yeah. issues. But, I mean, you know, in your opinion, what what kind of happened there? I mean, they had to be excited to get after this guy. Oh, I think, I think they were really excited, especially, you know, when you have a former MVP and Lamar Jackson not suiting up. You have Tyler Huntley, like a guy that really hasn't proven himself in the league. So I think they were excited. They knew that he could run the run the football. Um, obviously, everyone kind of knew that the athlete that he is. But, you know, he's not the player Lamar Jackson is. So I think they were excited. They were, you know, chomp, chomping at the bit to get out there and get after him. But, you know, in my experience, the one time that we had a backup was, you know, I think I've told you a story when we played San Francisco in 2012, right? Alex Smith was the quarterback. He had got hurt. And in comes Colin Kaepernick, right? And we're like, oh, I played against the dude in college for Nevada. I was like, you know, he's decent. You know, he can run the football. He can pass a little bit. But, hey, you know, Alex Smith was doing his thing. And we're like, oh, we got Colin Kaepernick, man. We're excited. But Ryan Marinelli was, was nervous because he's like, man, this guy can run. This guy can do it all. Like, you know, we really have to be on our P's and Q's. Like, we got we to have everything. And they completely stomped us out. If you remember that game, we played I a candlestick and they stomped us out. Like Frank Gore went off on us. Colin Kaepernick went off. Vernon Davis. It was like Alden Smith, I think, had four and a half sacks on Gabe Karimi. It was it was a nightmare, that, that game. And uh, you, you normally don't think that. You're like, oh, the backup, he's going to be a little nervous. He's going to come in there. He may do okay, but he's not going to light it up like Kaepernick. And then that's when Colin Kaepernick became Colin Kaepernick the rest of the season. He's flexing on them and everything like that. But yeah, what well, it's not, it's not the same thing because Huntley, you know, wasn't the same type of player as Colin Kaepernick, but I think they were all excited. You know, Robert Quinn and company were excited to get after him. And, you know, speaking of Robert Quinn, I mean, double digits already 10 sacks this season. <laughs> so you remember I called it, I said, he's going to have a bounce back season and, you know, didn't have Khalil Mack out there, but, it's just, it's just really impressive to see him. It, it really looks like that 2013 season when he had 19 sacks. He has a different level of burst, and it's great to see because I think this is his 11th year in the league. So it's it's usually, you know, as, as the defensive ends, they, they start to decline with their speed, their burst, their get-off. But he looks he looks identical to what he was in 2013. So whatever he's doing in the offseason, whatever he did in this offseason, continue it, you know, and continue working because – you know, it looked like after last year that he wasn't going to be able to play out his Bears contract, but it just seems like he's getting better. So if he can continue to do this, he can play out this contract and hopefully have many more double-digit uh, sack seasons for the Bears. And real quick, let's just stay with the D-line because it's one of the lone bright spots of this game, in my opinion. You know, just what's your takeaway from Gibson? I thought he was in the backfield pretty often. And it looks like Eddie Goldman was in the backfield pretty often, too, as well. They had a really nice day. 
Exactly. I, I love seeing Gibson out there because he's a young guy that's getting a lot of reps, especially with Khalil Mack being out. And I kind of talked about him on the post game for Fox. I was like, I, I love what he's doing out there. He's active, you know, he's, he's burst to the ball. He's using moves, second and third moves. That's what I love for him now. You know, in the beginning of the season, I saw him, you know, kind of make a move and get stuck on a block. You mm -hmm. know, if he didn't win at first, it was like he wasn't going to get close, but now he's winning on the second and third moves. He's getting more pressures. He's getting sacks. The production is there. So it's great to see him, you know, probably learning off guys like Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. You know, it's really those second and third moves that make you come home. It's very rare that you really come home on a, on a first move in this league. So I love what I saw from him. Great to see Eddie Goldman out there. Um, you know, he's kind of been up and down with injuries and whatnot, but yeah, like you said, the front seven really, I thought, performed well. Roquan was all over the place. I mean, he's having an awesome year. I mean, he's really he's really having this coming out party. I mean, sideline to sideline, all over the place. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have to load the Brinks truck to Hallis Hall because he's going to get paid after this season. <laughs> he is. He is. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, yeah, 22,000 Roquan Smith tackles aside yesterday. And, you know, Kendall Vildor did not play a great game. I want to just get your opinion on – that last drive, um, because there's there's two things, you know, there's been a bit of a mantra is that this Bears defense, we can say Khalil Mack is out, we can say Hicks and Eddie Jackson have been out, but all season long, this Bears defense, every time this offense that has struggled all season long finally puts points on the board, we seem to just give it right back. And again, this is the third week in a row that we have done that very thing. So I just want to get your opinion on it, because in my opinion, what I kind of saw out there is I saw Cassius Marsh out there. Yep. You know, I saw Marquise Christian out there. Yeah. Um, you know, down to Houston Car Carson. I mean, w what was your take on that final drive? No excuses? Or yeah. it was kind of felt like a little bit of a ragtag band-aid yeah. for guys that were out there for that last moment. So the uh, the, the play where I think it was – was it was it Bateman that was wide open? Who was that? Yeah, that was Bateman open? on the bus. Yeah. Yeah, on the bus play. But – on that play, right, nobody was set at all. There was a bunch of confusion. People still weren't even all the way on the field. So I didn't understand in that situation where you have your timeouts, you call a timeout. In that they did it to us earlier, too, where they we were yeah. having a hard time getting on and off the field all day, and they actually snapped it and got it straight to Bateman. And they were like, they're supposed to give you time. And they're like, no, they don't have to. And Exactly. But yeah. but the thing is, in that situation, when your de defense is all disoriented, you have to call a timeout right there and and – and hold on, because, you know, in that situation, if you hold them to a field goal, you're still up one. So I didn't understand in, in, in that situation why they didn't call the timeout and, and just get everything set because everything was moving parts. And in those situations, you got to know that you can't rotate the same way when a team is going hurry up. And I think that was the confusion. And it just seems like these little discipline issues are constantly plaguing the Bears, you know, situation like that. You know, the third and 11 where uh, Huntley scrambles for the first down, where we have a great blitz off the edge and we have no contain on the right side. So it, so it all works together and it's, it's nothing new. You know, this is, this is the same stuff we've been talking about. You know, the penalties, um, you know, not being gap disciplined, not having contain. That's, that's why the Bears cannot win games. You know, in that situation, that play should have never happened. That should have, that should have been a clear, he didn't even run. They didn't, they didn't know what they were doing on that play. Miscommunication. They're running off the field. They're running on the field. It's just like, it, it's, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, honestly, to, to be honest, because you see the same thing every week. And, and as a pro team, you know, especially a team like the Chicago bears, it just with, with defense is key. We just haven't seen that consistency and it's, it's really all mental. That's all it is, is mental. You know, um, it's not like they're out there getting smoked, this, that, and the other. 
situations like that, that's just a mental thing, and you cannot have those busts. As terrible as this season has unfolded over the last couple of weeks, we've lost five in a row. We've held a fourth quarter lead in the last three weeks. In theory, we could be six and four. So I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And the troubling thing, and look, we've been on this for a while, but when you start to mirror what we do coaching-wise with John Harbaugh, you're just like, man, we are, we are light years away. And ever yep. since that Browns game, right, we've had our pen and our pad out, and we've been kind of grading Matt Nagy as these games mm -hmm. go along. And I don't know if this is one of the worst ones, but it's pretty close, in my opinion. And I just want to kind of get into some of his coaching decisions, and let's just maybe just stick with timeouts yep. for right yep. now. Yep. The three timeouts that he burns in the second half. The first one, it's third and one. Andy Dalton tries a shot downfield. Now, we can argue all we want. I'm sure a lot of Bears fans were like, you know, just go north and south, get the first down. I totally understand that. But sometimes maybe you can make a big play when that happens. So they go for a shot on third down. And typically when that happens or when I play Madden, that means I know I'm going for it on fourth down. I already yeah, know yeah. what I'm doing. I'm going to play ahead. They call a timeout on that. And mm -hmm. then they come out and then they do the wildcat. And it doesn't work. The second timeout, I believe, was a four or it was a third and six or fourth and six or something like that. They didn't get lined up right. I'm, I, mm -hmm. whatever. It, it kind of is what it is on that second yep. one. But then that third one, Corey, they score a go-ahead touchdown, and they don't know the math that is necessary in a game of that situation. We're going up four or five doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You got to get up by at least six. They bring the punt. They bring the kicking team out for a PAT, and they have to burn their final time out yeah. because they have to go for two. Yeah. I mean, I want to get your perspective on it, but it's pretty obvious, right? I mean, like when you're a head yeah. coach, don't you have to be some of the smartest people on the field? Four, five, six yeah. plays ahead. You can't blame it on the headset, man. This is just, this is just why he won't yeah. really coach the Bears anymore, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. You have to know that situation, and you ha and you have to have a right man, right hand man in your pocket to to be able to fill you in on everything. Like every coach has that person that just kind of keeps them reminded of certain things, gives them a, hey, this is the situation. Uh, so okay. you know, yeah, yeah, just so you know, if you score here, this is what we should do. This is this is this is what we say we should do. Boom. So that way you know you're you're ahead of the curve, and it just seemed like there there's so many uh, game time decisions that happen on the fly. And it's, it's, yeah, it's on, on Matt Nagy for sure. But obviously he doesn't have that right-hand man that's in his ear, keeping him at tabs with everything. And I think every good coach has that. To some and if I may really quick, typically, do you know, is that, uh, is it kind of like to each their own or is that typically like a special teams guy or in your, in your past yeah, experience? So, so, so uh, you know, I know a lot of times like uh, Lovey and Dave Tobe, who's now on uh, Kansas city, mm -hmm. they, they were always in each other's ear and not, I feel like for, you know, when, when Lovey and the offensive staff, that was kind of the offensive staff did it. And Lovey and, and Dave Tobe, you know, was kind of defense and special teams. So they were really in sync with each other. And I think it's just every coaching staff has to know, okay, who am I closer to? Who, who do I feed off? Who do I, who am I talking with about certain situations that may come up? And especially with a special teams coach, uh, Chris Tabor, you know, who, who worked with Dave Tobe as well. And he's a guy that's really good in this league, um, Tabor. Him and him and Nagy should have been talking with each other. Okay, if this is the situation. If we score here, uh, this we, we we should do. And so that way you don't have to burn a timeout in the situation where you know you need that timeout late at a later date. Um, so because yeah, yeah it's, just, it's the second week in a row where we've had the ball at the fifty yard line. 
with a couple seconds left to go. And in theory, if you had one of those timeouts, oh, that you win the game, but it gives you that chance. You could play a middle of the field at that point, right? Yeah, and, then, and then possibly try to try to kick the game winning or game tying field goal. In this case, yeah. In that situation. But yeah, I mean, I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, you know it, I know it. I, I just think the way the Bears do things, they don't, they don't ever fire anybody during the season. You know, I think that's yeah. kind of been their basis. Like, we're going to wait till the season's over then we'll make our decisions. You know, I don't think they like, they like any of the chaos that comes with it. And, um, but I think everyone knows that Matt Nagy is most likely not going to be here next year. Yeah. And I like to encourage empathy to everyone in this life, try and get in your, put yourself in the shoes of what a person's going through. I don't think Matt Nagy is as bad of a coach as he has been the past month. He just kind of looks like the guy again. I love doing baseball analogies who, at one point had a, a nice hot streak or maybe was viewed as a talented head coach and a really good person. He just looks like he's in like a two for 34 slump right now. And his strike zone is the size of like North America. And he's swinging like Javi Baez right now because it, if anything, it's continues. It's going in the wrong direction. This is coming off a of bye week. And Corey, we're sitting here talking about why our coach isn't one, two steps ahead on knowing what to do in these game time decisions and what to do. You know, we're talking about in our offense right here, how do we make adjustments? And we look on the other side of the field and the Baltimore Ravens, you know, the backup quarterback obviously comes in. So you sort of know what they're doing. I also kind of felt too, that they didn't really take any of your advice where if you're going to play the Ravens in a backup quarterback, I don't know, maybe you get more than 14 carries for David Montgomery. Like the Ravens just looked like they knew what they were doing. We're going to run it. We're going to run it again, and then we're going to try and hit Andrews a couple of times and see what we can do with Bateman and maybe play him off Vildor. The Bears, after that first drive, kind of went all over the place. Now, Justin Fields, I felt like, was a little inaccurate, but it just kind of started really leaning towards the passing game yeah. when really maybe we just needed to eat some more of this clock and maybe yeah. not give the Ravens so many opportunities. Yeah, Joe, it's 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 very disheartening because you look at the Baltimore Ravens, right? Without Lamar Jackson, without Marquise Brown, that's like 85% of their offense, right? It's gone. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we cannot even win a game like that against a backup. And the thing is, if we would have just started from the beginning and contained him, you know, there were so many different scramble plays where, you know, early on, as the game went on, they kept him in the pocket better. But early on, I'm, I'm like, come on, you have to have contained. You have to work on the same page. If a defensive end goes inside, the tackle has to cover him. If you have a guy coming off the edge, you have to set this other edge. That's how it works together. That's how you get sacks. Like the Bears honestly should have had 10 sacks in this game easy, you know, yeah. if they would have just stayed at home. And that's a situation where Everything was in their favor, like, like I talked about, you know, 85% of the offense is not in there, you know, and you can't get a W and you, you can't contain, you know, this backup quarterback and we couldn't put points on the board either. And that, that's the problem, you know, Baltimore defense, you know, they were good at pressuring, they were number one in pressures, but I feel like we could have really exploited them, you know, if we would have done some more RPOs early on and you, you got you to work with the strengths because what I saw was when Andy Dalton came in, it just seemed like the play calling was a little bit different, right? You, you know, that first, that first play was a fake run, you know, counter scheme. Um, and then all of a sudden, green pass was the second one. It. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty crazy to see, you know, just, just the play calling, you know, it was like they were, they were exploiting different matchups and uh, I don't know if that's maybe they feel more comfortable with Andy Dalton or, or, or whatnot, but it just seemed like the play calling was a little bit better. Like, you look at, you know, the the pass to Darnell Mooney, right? He should have been caught, you know, 20-yard gain or whatever. He, he he made it do what it do, and he went for 60. 
But the Marquise Goodwin one, that was great. You know, you're seeing that you have single coverage. You got Olympic track runner out there. You let him go on that fourth and 11. So it just seemed like they were exploiting matchups a little bit differently. And early on, it just seemed like we were just going through the motions almost with the offense. And I'm like, Justin Fields was coming off one of his best performances. Come on, let's go. Right? We're at home. There's no crowd noise. We'd have nothing to worry about. Let's, let's go. And it just seemed like he had, was he four of 11? I think something like that. Like, you know, come on. We, we, we have to do a better job of putting him in a position to succeed. You look at the, the Ravens, right? They have a backup quarterback in there. And the backup quarterback is outperforming Justin Fields, right? Is he more talented than him? No, but you got to put him in a position to succeed. And that's what the Ravens did for their backup. Why can't we do that with our starter? That's the only thing I'm trying to figure out. You know, it just seemed like the play calling was different when Andy Dalton came in. And, you know, you have to go back to the basics with Justin Fields and you have to do what he's comfortable with, right? Some, some of those boots, some of those hard play action looks, right? Allow him to use his feet, right? And even they even that, they even, put that in the first drive because remember I think the, one of the first yeah. plays was he rolled out and I think he picked up nine ten eleven yards on the yeah. first play, but after that first drive, it's like they're kind of like feeling in the dark a little bit. It's so yeah. crazy. And you brought it up; they had about what maybe ten twelve hours the Ravens did to game plan up a thing for Tyler Huntley to make him as comfortable and successful as possible, and they figured out how to do that. The Bears were coming off a bye week. Matt Nagy is no longer the offensive coordinator. He's supposed to be free and unfettered to figure out whatever it is that he needs to do to help this team win. And and again, you're hitting it on the head. They look just as unprepared after those first couple drives as, as a team that's rolling their back about their last second. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing is, like, like I always say this, coaches get too cute with stuff. Like, listen, if you have a player like Justin Fields, right, he, he's such a threat running the ball, right? That's, that's what separates him from anybody, right? When he can get – going in the running game that gives him confidence right it's not the other way around you don't start out with passes and say okay let's let's run the ball you get him going with the running game right and you give the illusions you give him options both of it like on the boots you know you give him design runs where you can get his confidence up and then you you have some quick passes right to Colcomet across the, the zone beaters things like that you know you, then you get Darnell Mooney going that's how you get him comfortable and I just don't understand why we're like we have to do this and this no you you do what he does well and that makes it tough for the defense the defense is worried more about him running than anything right so you put the pressure on them right even even if it doesn't work early on you keep them honest right and then they're always worrying about that so it opens up stuff it opens up the screens opens up the draw opens up the running game with david montgomery and i think people sleep on that like you know because they're always trying to okay let's let's do this passing play let's do that do what Justin Fields is comfortable with. Do do what he likes, right? That's what every good coach does, right? Why, why do you think Mac Jones is doing so well? Because they're catering that offense for him. You know, early on, he kind of had a little struggles and they kind of fine-tuned everything. You know, there's a difference why there's some quarterbacks doing really well, and especially young quarterbacks and others that are struggling. And it's, be, it's not because they're, they're not talented, this, that, and the other. It's because they're not putting them in enough positions to succeed. And I think that's the problem with the Bears. You know, it's always in the second half, usually, that, you know, Justin Fields in the first half is, eh, in the second half, he really goes off on the, on the good games he's had. It's because they, they make some adjustments. Like, okay, let's, let's do this, and let's go back to what he's comfortable with. But early on, it's like, we're trying to feel everything out. No. <laughs> Put the pressure on them, right? T tell, them, tell them, hey, first read, second read, tuck it and go. 
you know, and, and, and this week what I saw is when he tucked it and went, he, st- he was, he was like a second late than mm-hmm. he normally was in that Pittsburgh game when the Pittsburgh game and then tucks it and go, because that, that second is just buying the rush more time. And that's why they were able, he wasn't able to have some of those 10 to 15, 20 yard scrambles that we saw in the Pittsburgh game or some of the earlier on games. So you, you just got to keep it simple for him and, and allow him to run. That's what gives him the confidence. That's like Lamar Jackson. When he's really rocking, you know, he's, he's working those RPOs and then that gives him the confidence for the pass, you know? So I, I think Justin Fields is a better passer than a guy like Lamar Jackson. No disrespect to him, you know, but, but his, his arm strength, if he can make every throw, he just needs to be confident, you know? Um, and I think, the Bears just fail to put him in those positions to succeed. And, and it's, it's, it sucks because I feel like now people say, well, Andy Dalton's better, oh, no. you know, we got to play him. And then there becomes that whole thing. Um, and I think that's what really people are saying, but this season, you know, in, in my eyes, we're not going to the playoffs, you know, unless a miracle happens, a Christmas miracle. Um, I think, I think now you, you got, you got to go with the, the young kid and you have to, get him confidence. And I'm not talking about you just put him out there and you call the plays that you want to, you call the plays that are good for him and we're going to get him confidence because it's almost like this. You really have to keep his psyche in a good spot. You know, you have to, you have to keep him comfortable in there, you know, and, and if they can do that, you know, and he continues to progress because on Sunday he went down, you know, Pittsburgh game, he was going up. I think everybody had recognized that around the league. Um, all, all the top analysts, people around the league, they they knew who Justin Fields was. And then after this past game, they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's not what we thought he is. But he can be. He can be. And I think it's, the Bears is – Again, we, we keep saying it, though. Week to week, it's just not going to be like sunshine and roses with this guy all the yeah. time. And it's a really good insight on your part that, you know, maybe the bye week came at maybe the not most opportune time yeah. for a guy like Justin Fields because – yeah, maybe he did look. We've been talking about a lot. You know, if he is that 0.2, 0.3 seconds slow in the NFL, that can kind of swallow you up a little bit. So, you know, the fact that he isn't going to have, you know, again, some bad moments and some bad games. And we'll never know. Obviously, he left the game with a ribs injury. So we'll never know if he had a great second half the way he did against Pittsburgh and against San Francisco and got warmed up as the game went on. We'll never really know. But to say that Andy Dalton, now look, like, Maybe Andy Dalton understands Matt Nagy's offense a little bit better. Okay, I can play that game. But guess what? We won't be running next year. Matt Nagy's offense. And you're hitting on something that's really important where I think the thing that NFL and Bears fans get lost, and I, I get lost in it, and I'm learning this too as well, is I think we get so enamored with where's this guy coming from? What kind of – where what offense is he coming from? And you know what, man? I don't even want that anymore. I want a guy that can adjust. You talk about the Patriots, right? Last year they ran a unit with Cam Newton. This year they're running it with Mac Jones. And they're the same guys calling the same type of plays, but they're adjusting it to cater to the strengths that are on their team. They're utilizing the skills that they have in front of them and trying to make it happen. How does Khalil Herbert not get involved in yesterday's game? I'm kind of asking that question. How does Cole Komet only have one target through the first half of the game and I think through better part of the entire game until the, towards the very end? Those are questions that I'm going to continue to ask, and I would like to think it's because the system. And I don't think Matt Nagy knows how to run any other kinds of systems. So when we're going to be looking at a new coach moving forward, I mean, I just want someone that's going to be willing to adjust. And not just to the players on the team, but to the type of game that's going to have. Like, yeah. we're not going to run the same playbook 
if it's 20 degrees under, you know, 20 degrees below zero and it's snowing outside, we're going to run a different game. We're not going to run the same game if we're playing against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We're not going to run the same game. You know, and th that's the kind of stuff that I'm really kind of looking towards. Yeah. And in terms of Andy Dalton, I mean, you know, good for him. You know, the Darnell Mooney play, that's all Darnell Mooney, right? He got it into a playmaker's hands. He made, Playmakers make plays. That was a great job. A couple nice throws. I thought a good throw to Cole Komet here and there. I thought, most part, he looked just as rusty coming off the bench. If anything, he you know, he skipped the ball to Darnell Mooney at one point where we kind of needed it. Uh, he overthrew a couple guys a little high to Marquise Goodwin at one point, and then he hits a wide-open Goodwin down the field. So let me ask you, uh, let's just start the question that everyone's going to be thinking about. Would you start – Justin Fields on Thursday with sore ribs, or would you sit the rookie, try and get him to heal up, and bring in Andy Dalton for a Thanksgiving game against Detroit? Yeah, so I think it depends how banged up his ribs are. You know, I think, uh, you know, because you just want to be cognizant that he's a younger guy. You don't want him to have a nagging hip injury or rib injury the rest of the year. Um, I think if he's if he's pretty close to 100%, you know, you, you put that rib cage on. And you send him out there because I think what he needs is experience right now. That's the biggest thing. And and he played well against the Lions the last time. So I think this could be a confidence building game. You know, they're really struggling right now. Their, their locker room is kind of lost. They're not really buying into their coach. It seems like right now, Jared Goff might not even play. It seems like he's coming back at an undisclosed date. So oblique. You know, take that, yeah, injury. take that as take that as you may. You know, Tricky Corey. <laughs> I know. I, I I think in his his opinion, he's like, you know, the coach called me out. You know, he's saying this about me. I'm not rushing back for this, you know. Well, <laughs> he hasn't thrown a passing touchdown in over five weeks. Yeah. Jared Goff. So exactly. when that happens. Who do you think got the better end of that deal? Oh, my God. <laughs> Detroit's like, yeah, we'll take the money. We'll take exactly. Goff's contract. I, oh, man. I, but, yeah, I, I think I think if Justin Fields, he feels, you know, close to 100%, I think you play him. Just because he needs that experience. And and I think this week, you know, just start with the running game. You know, with Justin Fields and David Montgomery, get Khalil Herbert involved, too. There's no reason we can't have a one-two punch at, at running back. You know, there's, there's no reason why in this day and age uh, we cannot have a one-two punch. It seems like every team has that one-two punch at running back. So why not? You know, I think, you know, when I look at this past game, 20 rushing attempts, that's too low. You know, I think we need to get at least 30, you know, if not more. Yeah. And can I ask you a question? And maybe this is just this is going to be based on what you've seen from the two players, because I see them run Dave Montgomery out either into the slot. Or they'll run him on formation every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Is it so crazy? Am I ahead of my skis? That why aren't we playing games with Herbert and Mon Monty on the field at the same time? Why aren't we doing RPOs? Why aren't we trying to maybe do a reverse screen where you have to pick if it's going to be Herbert or Montgomery? Yeah. Why aren't we putting Montgomery, maybe sliding him over to the slot instead of like a Damier Bird, who, let's yeah. be honest, hasn't played a lot this season? Yeah. Am, am I am I on to something or am I kind of like thinking a little bit more to fantasy football Madden-esque? Like, why aren't we doing that? Because Herbert has shown he's yeah. one of the most talented offensive players on our team. Yeah, I, th I think we should do some formations like that. You know, obviously not all the time, but I think it should yeah. be, you know, a, a different, a different look we're showing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Some, something different, you know, that kind of gets them confused and it's something they have to key on. But I think there's enough pie to share for both of these guys. They're both talented. And I think it's a waste keeping Khalil Herbert on the bench. And you could make an argument that, hey, he was looking just as good as David Montgomery, you know, before David Montgomery got injured. So... You know, I think I think they're both talented. I think you have two really good running backs and a third and Damian Williams as well. Um, but I think Herbert and, and Montgomery need to be sharing some carries. And 
it may be a thing where, you know, the, the getting it from up top, hey, David Montgomery's our guy, you know, it's a big year for him. We want him to be, you know, a bear of the future. Um, let's give him the carries, you know, because it kind of seemed like, you know, early on, they were kind of mixing and matching Montgomery and Williams. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when Williams got hurt and then Montgomery got hurt, it was all Herbert. And then, I don't know, it just seemed like for whatever reason, when David Montgomery came back, like he's getting all the carries and that's it. And that's kind of what we're seeing. But, you know, like I said, you have two talented backs that get them both going. I mean, it's just that's just another threat that you can have. And, and Montgomery could catch the ball of the backfield as well. Maybe put him in the slot, like you said, have some crossing routes, um, different things he can do, different pick routes. Um, just have him out there as, as another body that they have to worry about. Especially when I think we've seen at times, you know, we teams trying to attack our tackle positions. So if you're going to have mm-hmm. these guys going like this, quick little flat out to Herbert or something like that. I just, I'm, I'm just really curious, especially with no Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. you know, just take what you have on the team. And I guess, again, I think we're kind of hammering on maybe a, a coaching staff an offensive coaching staff unwilling to make adjustments. So Corey, uh, this is the combo platter. We, we, we teased it. It's here. Oh, uh, get out your plate, get out your napkin. Um, and make sure uh, make sure you got your Pepsi ready because we just uh, we just did the post game of that awful 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 Ravens loss. But look, we have to look forward to a Detroit Lions game coming up here on Thursday Thanksgiving morning. Two teams, Corey, over the last six Ooh. weeks are o ten and one combined. Get ready for the marquee matchup that that every Thanksgiveringer deserves while they're trying to not overcook their yams in the morning. Um, <laughs> and it could be Boyle right. versus Dalton. Let's see, baby. Um, but let's just kind of preview. Let's look forward. The Bears lo- loses a five in a row. Let's be honest. If they lose to the Lions, I just, for the life of me, I can't figure out how we don't fire the head coach. Uh, but, you know, I could be wrong on that front. But yeah, as you look at this matchup, you know, what are you looking at right now? What do you think are going to be some of the major keys to breaking this losing streak, getting back in the win column, and picking up a win here and hopefully preparing to start a new winning streak against Arizona the following week? Man, it's my key every week, and uh, sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. Didn't do Get it the last running game. game going. Get the <laughs> running game going, right? We we need it. We need at least thirty plus carries. You know, that's that's a minimum. You know, I would like to see thirty five. I, I I like the old school grind them out games, especially with the way the offense is been up and down. I think it just takes pressure off of whoever's out there at quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. You know, you have two beasts at running back in Montgomery and Herbert you know, utilize them, right? We have Cole Komet, there's a great blocking tight end, Jimmy Graham that can block as well. Um, Jason Peters, the rest of the old line, they're really good at run blocking. Let's let's use that, right? And it just sets everything else up. So I don't want to see a game where we try to get too cute with this, that, and the other. Because in this league, it doesn't matter how you win or how it looks, you know, as long as you get the W. And I think, you know, cold weather football, obviously, you know, we're, we're playing in Detroit, doesn't matter about that. But, you know, in this stretch of games coming up, we're going to have to run the football well, especially as, as it gets colder. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to be able to pass the ball as well, but it really starts with establishing your will in the run game. That's how you wear teams down, and that's how you win games in the fourth quarter. And I feel like if we could have had a better running game um, some of these games this season, I think you know we could have possibly won these games and been able to, to take the pressure off whatever quarterback was in there. You know, there's, there's a direct correlation in the teams that are doing well they get the running game going and teams that don't. That's why Kansas City was struggling so much early on. Even Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if you can't get that running game going and you put too much pressure on him, 
it, you know, there's not too many quarterbacks that can maintain that, you know, even Patty, Patty Mack. Um, so I think, you know, the running game is crucial and it's, it's something that sometimes we get away from in the game. We're trying to be too cute and showcase we can do this, that, and the other run the football, you know, when you're averaging four to five yards a pop, I mean, I, I don't know what to, what to tell, like teams would love that. So we can do that. We just have to be consistent with it. And another thing that that does on top of it is if you're undermanned defensively, you don't have a Hicks, a Jackson, and a Mac, you can control how much you expose your defense to the opponent by trying to run the football and limit, take, you know, shave down that clock a little bit. You know, we talk a lot about time of possession being some sort of, you know, measure of success, but also in kind of limit the success of the other side. And I'm not saying I'm afraid of Detroit's offense, but the more that we can run the ball, the more we can just kind of control the tenor of the game a little bit. And it is a shame, too, where I really do, you know, we'll see what happens with Justin Fields. If he doesn't play on Thursday because of ribs, I'm not going to be upset because I want to protect him. And clearly the fact that he didn't come back in the game was a signal to me that he's probably banged up pretty good. But this is a perfect matchup for him, right, where we can run the ball. And the Detroit Lions secondary has been very, very poor all season long. This is really catered to that Justin Fields, you know, attacking 20 to 25 yards down the field plus and to have that kind of come together could be a really great moment for him to have a bounce back performance if he can get out there. And, you know, Andy Dalton, too, as well, I think it maybe have some success as well. Um, but again, it would be that perfect matchup with that running game and then maybe trying to attack them downfield. Yeah, I would like that too. And uh, you know, I think I think we just we just have to exploit this. Like they are they are a wounded team right now, right? Like everything is just going downhill for them. You know, they're they're winless. They have a tie. That's what they're excited about. I mean, at this point, but you know, you have to get a win here. We've been struggling, and it's so it's like like you said, these two struggling teams. And what what we need more than anything is just a win. Because this gives you confidence. It doesn't matter if it's against the Lions or whoever. It's an NFL team. It's a team you're playing, and you need to buy a win on Thanksgiving. You know, eat some good turkey afterwards. But this this is a must-win game, you know, honestly. And I, I, I know the Bears usually don't fire coaches, you know, during the season. But I think if they lost this game, that that would be grounds to to fire a coach. If if, if any team out there, like just how Detroit is struggling, especially if we lost to a backup quarterback and Tim Boyle. Um, I'm sorry, I that's that's grounds to, to get fired, you know, in, in my opinion, just just with the losing streak and then giving Detroit their first win of the season. That's just that's just a no no. So, you know, I'm just hoping we can get that going. And I think the next key is, is you know, I think Boyle's going to be playing. So heat him up, you know, whether whether he's in there or Jared Goff, we got to get the pressure on him. You know, I think we did a great job last game. You know, Robert Quinn had a great game. Gibson, Goldman. We had a lot more pressures and sacks that we had in the weeks prior. But I think we really need to heat him up this week, especially if there's that young quarterback out there. You know, really take him off of his game, right? Stop the run. That's first and foremost, because, you know, they're going to really try to get the running game going. So stop that run. And that's something that we struggled with all year. I think it's because of gap discipline. Guys getting out outside of their gaps, you know, not closing down, you know, and some of these zone reads, you know, not staying at home, uh, contain issues. It starts with gap discipline. So every man has a gap and a job. You follow that. You don't try to do the job of somebody else. And that's how you hold each other accountable. It's something we haven't seen on. But if we can stop that run and really get after the quarterback, then, then we get cause turnovers, um, you know, sacks, fumbles, et cetera. 
I think that's that's what it starts with the pressure. Uh, Robert Quinn has looked great. Uh, I think he's going to have another big game this week, but it starts with stopping the run. Then, then we can pin our ears back. Yeah, I, I'm with you because, you know, maybe for some Bears fans, you look at the last game we played against the Lions. You know, Khalif Raymond gave us a hard time with a couple touchdowns late there. I'm not concerned about that at all. DeAndre Swift is the lone and only bright spot for that offense. I think TJ Hawkinson has Pro Bowl-level talent, but they just can't really seem to get him the ball no matter who's in the quarterback position. But DeAndre Swift, I think he had 136 rushing yards against the Browns. You know, I mean, he's going to get the ball, and he's a two-way guy, too, as well, Bears fans. So you can get him out in the flat, and all of a sudden, we're going to have linebackers chasing him down there. It's really a guy that we just need to shut down, and I think the rest is going to take care of itself. Another one, too, is we've been talking about it a lot, and I think this is going to be one key, and we actually did see it in this game, which I thought was kind of nice, was when you got that great front seven pressure, Corey, you've been talking about it all season long. Mm-hmm. You got to make a play. Capitalize it. I want to see a play from our secondary. I don't care who's out there. I don't care the name on the back of the jersey. I'm just saying if we're going to get that kind of pressure that we just saw against the Ravens, you got to you got to go out there, you got to try and make a play. You got to cash in, all right? They they're obviously they're being flustered. You know, the offense uh, the opponent's offense is thinking about things in a different way cuz their clock is going a little bit faster, but against this Detroit Lions team, I think the quickest way also to maybe take some of their take their soul away from them a little bit, take the air out of their sails. Yeah. Is just one of those moments, maybe it's a t- pass or something, or just make a play secondary. I don't know how many interceptions we have as a team this season, but I guarantee you it's not enough. Uh, that's definitely going to be one of my big keys, too, as well. I'm looking at you like Jalen Johnson. Hell, Kendall Vildor, man, giving you a hard time. Things got even worse since we were giving you a hard time on the pod, man. Come on, man. You can have a good performance. You can have a bounce back. You got to keep grinding. got to keep fighting, even after a game like this. Uh, you know, I think uh, winning the turnover battle is going to be huge just in this game because I just don't think the Detroit Lions can overcome losing the turnover battle in any NFL game right now. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and for me, uh, you know, my, my final key is discipline, right? That's something that we haven't seen much of this Across year. the board. Across the board, you know, from offense, defense, uh, special teams, um, no, no offsides penalties, no delay of games, no blown coverages. No, no, Jason Peters, no, Jason Peters, no, Jason Peters, all start on a third and six. Oh, you're trying to, I mean, exactly. He, he didn't do it the whole game, but man, again, bad teams do bad things at the worst moments. And that was it, one. exactly so being disciplined. That's, that's something that's plagued us all year. And I think that's why we've had such issues in the run game defensively um, is because of that. You know, um, pressure has been sporadic at times, been great and bad. Uh, I think that's lack of contain a lot of times as well and not being on the same page. Somebody's taking an inside move, covering covering him on the outside. You have to work together. You have to communicate. And I think that's the problem on, on all levels, from, from the front seven to the back end. They're not communicating with each other. And that was apparent with the Rashad Bateman uh, play down the sideline, right, where he almost scored in there. It's wide open. Lack of communication. That's an easy play. He didn't run anything fancy. That's something that should have been defended. And you have a chance to bow up, hold them to a field goal, and win the game by one, and we can't even do that. So it comes down to discipline. That's 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 the key this week. That's why I want to see a disciplined ball club, and especially against a struggling Detroit team, we have to be disciplined. Not what you would like to see more, but what you think is more likely to happen on Thursday. Darnell Mooney over 100 receiving yards or David Montgomery over 100 rushing yards? More likely. I think uh, Mooney, for sure, over 100. Um, I just think with the way that we're running the ball right now, uh, the past two games, just 
hasn't seemed like we're making a, a concerted effort to really get it going. Mm. You know, I think they, they like what they see him from Mooney. I think they're trying to get Justin Fields or Andy, whoever's in there passing the ball a little bit more, but I think the running game sets up everything. So in, 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 a, in my world and your world, I think David Montgomery going over hundred would be a lot more beneficial for the team than Dar Darnell Mooney going over hundred. So if we could, if we can get that running game going, I would love it, but I think it's more realistic this week that Darnell Mooney is going to go over hundred because I think he's confident his route running is, is on a different level. He's one of the most underrated route runners in, in my opinion, in the league at wide receiver. He's a rising star. I mean, he was an absolute steal in the fifth round. Um, he just, he gets open, you know, yeah. they used to call Chris Hogan, seven eleven. I mean, Darnell Mooney is seven eleven times, times two. I mean, that dude gets open and uh, it's, it's, it's so, it's so good to see him really have his coming out party. And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe is, is that why Allen Robinson wasn't playing this week? I don't know. Maybe is he, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, is, is, is Allen Robinson maybe a little disappointed not getting the ball as much? I, we don't know, man. You know, it's just. It's, well, wait, can I just counter with that? Isn't the hope yeah. a little bit of when a, when an injury pops up late in the week and, you know, you got a quick turnaround for a Thursday, yeah. when he probably just say, wouldn't they just say to themselves, hey, we're going to sit you for this one because we feel good about you coming back for Thursday as opposed to you playing, maybe aggravating it, and then we lose you yeah. for that one and the next one. Is that also a fair thing to say? Possibly, but when did he when did he injure his hamstring? Was it was it during the bye week? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. He popped you know up. I mean, suddenly, just he popped like up suddenly popped on like a Thursday, and it was a DMP Thursday Friday with a hamstring. Yeah. Was not on the designation the week before that, and I, I'm. That, it, that's what I'm saying. It, it, just seems, it just seems a little. Fishy. It could be very fair, and it could be an injury happened in practice on Wednesday. But what I'm saying is sometimes things in this league, you know, if people don't get the ball the way they want to and certain things, they're like, well, why, why am I going to rush back if something's not feeling this way or, or whatnot? So I don't know. I may, maybe I'm speculating for sure. I'm definitely speculating on that. But I don't know. It definitely seems like maybe Allen Robinson is a little disappointed with some of the reactions during some of the games early on in the season when he wasn't getting the ball, et cetera. So. Look and it, no, look and it's fair to ask, and I think it's also fair to say that I think we're talking a little bit less about the player and more about the situation, right? And and the, and the the people that are running this unit out there right now that is now three and seven, and you you know we looked at that pregame schedule and we were like, oh man, that there's a five game stretch that looks pretty daunting. Uh, the Bears are going to have a hard time. Well, guess what? They lost all five. Right. And Eddie Jackson did the same thing, came back as a limited participant this week in practice, did not suit up on Sunday. Now, is that a knock on Eddie Jackson? Probably not. But at the same time, I guarantee you, if we had won those last three games that we had leads in the fourth yep. quarter, we're six and four. You know, maybe we're talking about an Eddie Jackson yeah. playing yesterday. Maybe we're talking about an Allen Robinson yeah. playing yesterday. And that is a very, very th fair thing to consider for sure. Exactly. Remember, I told you, you know, in this league, people make business decisions based on how your team is doing. And that's very real. That's not a knock on any players. But, you know, um, their their job is to maximize their career. Right. Because this isn't forever. Um, it's not for long uh, yeah. NFL. So they have to think about long term. So sometimes if you have something nagging you and you're like, hey, you know, uh, Eddie Jackson, you know, had an ACL injury before, I think, in, in college. Um, yeah, Alan Robinson had an ACL injury. So, you know, if, if you're not 100 percent in something and you don't think, you know, you, you can give your best or you think you may be susceptible to another injury, you know, it, in the situation that it is now, sometimes they're like, hey, let me rest another week. You know, let me take some time off. And, and that's what becomes a situation. How your team is doing 
is kind of how you cater everything on your game and how you're feeling to if you're playing or not. And I often think that, and I want to believe this, that I that as a fan, I underestimate um, how hurt people are when they actually do suit up and play, right? I mean, have there been times in your career, because we're talking about it now, there have been times in your career where you probably have suited up to play in a game that honestly, more or less, you should not have been in, but the Bears were either winning or you had an opportunity and you wanted to keep your spot, yeah. and you probably brought yourself out there and maybe probably shouldn't have done that but you did it because the situation was lending itself towards that as opposed to right now where the season's sliding the other way and they really don't have that incentive to maybe you know go out there and you know pain met it up and just you know see we'll see what happens monday morning that ever happened to you oh yeah so before the uh, 2012 season that was a big season for me because my my first year 2010 i played uh the second half of the season did really well as a rotation guy, played special teams. Then my second year, I tore my meniscus, didn't really play much the whole season. So going into the 2012 season was a big season for me because they're like, hey, you, you need to really prove yourself because, you know, you really haven't done much, you know, in these past two years. We need to see more from you. And I remember that training camp, my Achilles was killing me every day. And I thought, I was like, I'm going to pop my Achilles. And I was like, I cannot miss time. I was like, I can't, like, I can't miss these reps. I can't, I'm doing really well. Like if it goes, it goes. Like I, I got to give my all because, you know, I'm trying to prove myself to make this roster spot, spot you know, be be a rotational guy in there, be a guy that competes. Um, so I, the whole training camp, man, I, I, every day I was like, is this going to be the day my Achilles went? I, I really thought so. It hurt so bad every day, felt a pull on it. Um, but I was just like, I was like, I'm just willing myself to get through this training camp and, you know, once once the training camp ended, um, you know, and I did well and I made the team, it was in the rotation. We got like a week to rest. And then that was just what did it. And after that, I was good, you know. And then in 2013, in training camp, I uh, found out I had a torn labrum in my hip and it was killing me. And I I was like, you know, this is a big year for me, a contract year. Uh, I can't sit out. So I was like, I got I to gotta play through this. I'll, I'll get it taken care of after the season or whatever. So. You know, I played the season and, you know, that's when Henry Melton tore his ACL, Stephen Paya, um, you know, was, he, he got hurt as well. And then we had Nate Collins was, was a um, rotational defensive tackle. He tore his ACL as well. So I was, I had to, you know, move in my contract here from end to tackle. Um, but, you know, at the time it was a good thing because it kind of showed my versatility, but man, that, that hip was hurting all season, you know, at movements, everything, but, you know, you just have to get, get through it. You know, take three ibuprofens, four ibuprofens, two Tylenols to the game just to get you through. Um, you know, it's, it's what you have to do. And I think every player has been in a situation, um, you know, to, to, to be in that, you know, where you have to gut it through because you either haven't proved yourself or you want to win a game or, you know, it's, it's, it's what we do as, as players. And, you know, I think that the biggest thing is once you get to a certain status that you can take off if you're not feeling that great you know in this day and age you know it's a different ball game now than 10 20 years ago where even the top players like i'm gonna get it out you just go to the signing bonus list and you just go yeah signing bonus list lets you know what's up (laughs) exactly so that that, that's that's the biggest thing now is like guys are you know they kind of have you know those vet days sometimes you know where we're like the nba has you know like lebron if he's not feeling it you know um he's banged up a little bit He'll sit out, you know, football players used to never do that, you know, unless it was like 
they, they couldn't walk. Um, that's just was the name of the game. How tough are you? You know, you take your tortoise shot, you tough it out. You're struggling the next week. You take your tortoise shot again and you yeah. keep it moving. I mean, yeah. that just, that was the mantra of NFL players. And, you know, I think a lot of guys are still like that, but it's getting better. And, and I, I like that because I think so many guys were playing through so many things that were awful and they're wearing down their knee cartilage or their backs or their hips or shoulders. And then they're, you know, have an early hip replacement or early knee replacement. So I think why do you are, think Khalil Max having foot surgery, man? Yeah, exactly. That's not a new injury, dude. Like exactly. Like at the end of the day, um, part of the reason why I retired was I got to a point where my body just was not feeling good. And I'm like, I just have my daughter and I'm like, listen, there's more to life than football. I love football. It was everything to me. But just thinking about like, okay, what if one day I'm not able to play, run around with my daughter and do this and be active and, and do the things I want to do. And that scared the crap out of me. And I think now players are realizing that. And that's why you see guys aren't playing as long. You know, there's some people that, you know, still play 15, 20 years, you know, it's the rare but you know, I think most guys now are, you know, getting to their second contract, playing it out and being like, how do I feel? Mm, ah, I'll, I'll call it quits. And, and that's what guys are trying to do. They're trying to like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to live and die on the football field. This is, you know, I'm not I'm not getting dragged off here. Right. I'm going to go out on my own terms. And I think that's what people are realizing. You know, there's a, there's a lot more to life than football, you know, even though it's, it's blessed us with so many different opportunities. It's. It's almost it's almost like the the beginning of, of our life, you know, because most guys retire at before they're thirty years old. Hey, I was right? say he's thirty two. He's ancient. Exactly <laughs> right. So so it kind of sounds an weird, old man. You know? How old is Danny Trevathan? <laughs> like thirty two, thirty three, and they're like right? old man Trevathan out there. It's like what? exactly. But I you know I think people are realizing that that um, you know quality of life is a big thing, and and I, I like that people are starting to recognize that um, because listen, you know. When you're done with football, nobody cares about you, to be honest. You know, that's that's just how it is. Like when you're done there, you know, they may remember who you were as a player, this, that, and the other. But, you know, as as a person, this, that, and the other, most people don't care, you know. So you, you have to take care of yourself, whether it's mentally, you know, physically, financially. And that's that's what I hope fans can realize when they see a guy retire in his prime, you know, that there was a, there was a decision there that was made for whatever reason, whether it was well, know, that's his the, body, that's his Calvin mind, John, like that's the Calvin Johnson theory, right? Everyone likes yeah. to say that he retired because the Lions suck and they he wouldn't yeah. trade him. I mean, Barry past, Sanders too. Yeah, and in the past years, Calvin Johnson has just said that you know yeah. it, everything was trending in the wrong direction. And to bring it back to the Bears just for a second, I know every Bears fan wishes Allen Robinson and Eddie Jackson would gut it out and get out there yeah. for the team. But again, you're three and seven, and if you are a real Bears fan. I don't think we want to see either of those guys tear a hamstring because if you tear a hamstring, hamstring surgery sucks. Let me just like, you know what I mean? And it's hard to come back from and they can be really tricky and you can injure them again and stuff. So you have to be really careful. You know, it's like, a you know, what kind of chips are you putting in the middle of the table and why, why are you putting them in the middle of the table at this time? If you're three and seven, then maybe all of a sudden some of these guys aren't going to suit up, you know, and that's just kind of the reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the reality in this league. And, you know, as you see it, the teams that are struggling, uh, the established veterans, you know, if they're not feeling good, Hey, it's, it's, it's vet day, you know, sometimes they put them on IR for things that should, you know, cause they realize like, listen, it's not even worth it at this point, you know, this season's a wash and let's, let's think about next year. And I think that's why Khalil Mack got the surgery when he did, you know, I think they were like, Hey, if we were making a run, maybe he could have gutted it out and played through it, but it's not even worth it at this point.
Yeah, and on the flip side, I almost feel like they did that with Larry Barham, too, with the ankle injury yeah. after week one. They were like, you know what, man? You're a rookie, man. Like, we could try and work you back into the lineup. You know what I mean? But you have a lot to learn. We can't wait for exactly. you right now. So we're just going to toss you for three games and try and work with the Wilkerson and Fetty thing and kind of go from there. Uh, Corey, man, it's time. Unless you got any more keys to a Bears victory against the Lions in week uh, week 12. I mean, what else could there possibly be other than just win, baby, for the love of God? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's right. Been six weeks. It's been six weeks, guys. Uh, so we're yeah. ready to roll, man. What is your final score? Do you think the Bears snapped the schneid against the Lions on Thanksgiving? Yes, I think they do snap the streak. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think 17-14, to 14, the Bears are going to win. It's going to be a close one. Uh, you, you know how it is, man. Detroit is, is always always plays the Bears pretty tough at times, so I think they're going to be going back and forth. You know, I'm hoping there's a game-winning drive touchdown with Cole Komet. You know, I think we really need to get him going. Uh, Jimmy Graham as well. I mean, Jimmy Graham's an older guy, but he could he's still productive out there. Andy Dalton targeted him. He looked good out there. So if we can get that tight end position really targeted, I think that would open everything up because those are the zone beaters. And you look at week in, week out, the teams that really do well. You look at last week with Baltimore, Mark Andrews, guys like that, Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, Cole Komet can be a guy like like Mark Andrews. They're very similar in build mm -hmm. and, and athleticism. You know, they're, they're, they're on the straight burners. But they're, they're big physical guys that can block and get across the middle, catch the ball, give you the first downs when you need to. So I see a lot of comparisons between him and him and Mark Andrews, you know. So if we can get that going, I feel really good about this game and that matchup. And uh, like I said, 17-10, Bears win. When you look at all the matchups and some of the stats and then you kind of sort of measure up, you know, the offensive talent that the, that the Bears do have on offense, you, you're saying to yourself, man, and they're coming off a five-game losing streak. You know they should be pissed off. You know they just all, the, the jaws of defeat have just, the jaws of victory have just been snatched away from them the last couple of times. They should win this game by twenty-four points. But I'm going with you on this one, Corey, because I just don't I don't trust the overall uh, collection of this team. Whether it is if it's the players maybe you know failing to execute either on a busted coverage or a penalty, or it's the coaching staff you know, not thinking three plays ahead and not putting them in the best position to succeed, which is honestly what they need so desperately right now. When a team is scuffling on the field, I don't trust them either. I'm going to say the Bears win because <laughs> we might not have any more of these left this season, course. We got <laughs> to do this, dude. Uh, I'm going 24-21 Bears win. I do think we can get after Tim Boyle. I do sort of feel like that there's going to be those moments where we're not going to understand why or whatever, but the Bears will score and the defense will just give it right back, and this one might get a little tight. And I could even yeah. see a scenario where I can see a scenario, man, where it is a little bit maybe of a twenty-four ten situation yeah. for most of the game. We're feeling pretty good about ourselves, and then all of a sudden the Lions score a three and out later. They got the ball back again, and we're yeah. all of a sudden now, you know what I mean, biting our fingernails. So I'm that's possible, but um, yeah, I'm hoping that they win just for the sake of all Bears fans out there, so they can enjoy their holiday. Um, for the Matt Nagy family, so they can enjoy their holiday too, as well. Um, because I think we all, we all see where this is heading, and um, I tell you, man, if they lose, if they lose on Thursday, I, I just I I don't know what I don't know what happens next. And I, I know, man. and honestly, dude, I don't want to come on this pod and do the whole like 
scream about Matt Nagy needs to be fired. I don't I don't want to do all that stuff if he doesn't get fired or even if yeah. he, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to do that either. Like I think there's a lot to still focus on with this season. Look, I'm with you. They're not going to the playoffs barring a seven game winning streak or, or whatever that is. But yeah. I think we could still learn a lot about this team. And now it's just that thing of just thinking about who fits into next year. Who fits with Justin Fields? Is Sam Mustafer the center of the future? You know, do we have something with Larry Barham at right tackle? Dare I say, do we maybe even see Tevin Jenkins the last couple weeks of the season? Keep building the chemistry between Mooney and Komet and Justin Fields. David Montgomery Herbert went to, you know, there's a lot to still watch for and improve upon. And, and and I think have you ever I don't know I don't know if you've ever been a part of it, especially with Lovey Smith's teams, but you know what happens in the NFL. Sometimes a team sucks and those last three or four games of the season they maybe lock onto something. And for whatever reason, there's just that little weird momentum that kind of gets built into the offseason and sometimes that can pay off for next year. And that's something that Bears fans need to continue to root for. Yeah, I would I would love to see that. Um, I'm just hoping we can stack some wins and just get better as a unit. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean a bunch of wins here or there. I just want to see more consistency, you know, offensively. I think dis- discipline defensively, that's the biggest thing. That's what's hurt us all year. So I want to see going forward th- those two things, consistency offensively and discipline defensively, because that's what's been killing us all season. Talk about stacking wins. Uh, we're going to have to stock, talk about stacking Thanksgiving plate here in a second. We're going to get out of here on Believe in Bears with Joey Christopoulos and Corey Wooten. Uh, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Only when you use promo code Believe50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Corey, man, take us home. Tell me what's going to be on the menu at the Wooten household. Do you cook? Do you not cook? And what are your favorite foods of foods of choice coming up? on? Oh, there? man. So so we're, we're, we're going to Jersey to visit my family. So, uh, yeah, my, my mom and uh, my aunt are cooking. So I think there's going to be some short ribs, some ham, smoked turkey, um, you Ooh. know, mac and cheese, uh, mashed potatoes, uh, cornbread. Um, Got to be the pies, you know, cherry pie, uh, apple pie. Um, and then, you know, some some of the. Uh, we green bean casserole. Yep. Um, Are you stu- is it a stuffing household at the Wooten House? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Stuffing. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for it. You know, I, I honestly honestly haven't eaten meat in like two months, bro. To be honest with you, I, I think I might be saving it for this though. I've been, <laughs> I've been going a little more pescatarian lately. You know, I've been feeling pretty good doing that. But you know. The short rib and ham and uh, I, might I was gonna say to go like if you don't go bit. back in full force, I respect you. But man, just like for me, just have like a little, <laughs> rib and a little smoked turkey because that's yeah, yeah. What about you, man? <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, hanging around, my 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 beautiful wife has uh, family in town. We went to Steelers Chargers last night. So don't worry, Bears fans. There's other teams in the NFL that blow last <laughs> drive leads. It's right? not a common. It's not uncommon to just our species. Um, but yeah, no. So we're gonna be doing. Uh, dinner around here. I will tell you, I'm a big like mac and cheese guy, big stuffing guy, big turkey dude. Um, I do like uh, I, I've done a cornbread casserole where it's just, like, if you add a little bit of sour cream and some uh, sweet corn and a little bit of regular corn and mix it and make the cornbread into it. It actually kind of turns into something that's a little rad. I like making that a whole lot. Okay. And then last year, last year, my wife um, has a cousin and she had uh, they had all their family members over and they made like this they made like this cheese mexican mole and i tried it and i put it on the turkey and mashed potatoes and it blew my mind so i don't know if that's going to happen okay. again but like that's Here a little bit off 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 the traditional path 
But yeah, dude, I'm gonna like eat. Like, I'm gonna eat like crazy. I'm gonna eat stupid. I'm gonna eat stupid. Yeah, if, if, I, if I don't gain like ten pounds, something's wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, darn! It only got to seven. Come on. Yeah. What, exactly, what happened to giving a hundred percent? Yeah, man. That sodium, man, puts a lot of weight on you, man. I, I weigh myself before and after. I'm like, dang, man. Then you wake up the next day, you're like, you know, ten pounds lighter from what you were the night before. You're like, man, that sodium is real, man. <laughs> <laughs> Pulsing through my veins right now. Uh, well, Corey, man, uh, on behalf of myself, uh, to your family, uh, wish them a very happy Thanksgiving. Have a great trip, man. You, man. Have you a too, safe trip. Too. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, to all the Believe in Bears listeners, please have a happy holiday, too, as well. Thank you so much for checking out this pod. Thank you so much for checking out it on the new uh, the new web style. Uh, I guess like Believe is now doing a whole new way of checking out Believe in Bears podcast. Whole new uh, website, whole new way to find us. So we're going to be able to help you do that. So thank you so much. Corey, man, just take us home. Uh, give the good people some good words before we watch. Hopefully, Bears winning football in Week 12. Yeah, that's what we need, a Bears win. You know, Thanksgiving, we're going to eat a lot of food. You know, people will be drinking. If that's your thing, drink responsibly. But enjoy the game. Hopefully, we get a win. That would just make Thanksgiving that much better. And hopefully, we'll have a lot to talk about on Monday, you know, breaking everything down. So looking forward to it. Um, appreciate your guys' support. Love doing this with you, Joey. So, uh, yeah, bear down. Yeah, great to see you, my friend. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great holiday. Uh, you will probably see us probably talking early next week uh, with the holiday and stuff. We might uh, enjoy ourselves just like everyone else enjoy themselves. So we'll hopefully get you a Bears post game early next week. Till then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, times are tough. We have it one in six weeks, but bear down. We bear can down. bear down <laughs> always, always, and forever. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.